the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, July the 24th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On uh, July 24th, 1915, the SSS England, Eastland, a passenger ship carrying more than 2,500 people, rolled onto its side while docked at the Clark Street Bridge on Chicago River. 844 people died as a result of that. Today in 1847, Mormon leader Brigham Young and his followers arrived at Salt Lake Valley, that's present-day Utah. Today in 1866, Tennessee became the first state to be readmitted to the Union after the Civil War. Today in uh, 1911, Yale University history professor Hiram Bingham III found the lost city of the Incas, Machu Picchu, in Peru. Today, in 1974, the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously ruled that President Richard Nixon had to turn over subpoenaed White House tape recorders to the uh, Watergate special prosecutor. I think most of us can remember that if we were around in 1974. That's the one with the the tapes had the long gap. What was it, 18 minutes or 22 minutes or something like that? Today, in 2016, Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza were inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Five years ago today, the Trump administration announced it would provide $12 billion in emergency relief to farmers who had been hurt by trade disputes with China and other countries. And one year ago today, Pope Francis began a visit to Canada to apologize to indigenous peoples for abuses by missionaries at residential schools. They considered that, he considered that a key step in the Catholic Church's efforts to reconcile with Native communities and help them heal from generations of trauma. 80% of Americans would define the times in which we live as troubling times. 80%. 8 in 10 would say, yes, these times can best be described as troubling times. There's a million reasons for that. There's one answer. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Perhaps one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, and they're all my favorite. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. That is the word of the Lord. I want to take just a moment to thank you for your support of this ministry. You are the sponsors of this program. And uh, you make it possible. We would not be on the air. We wouldn't be having this conversation this morning if it weren't for those of you who support it. Thank you from my heart. 
I can't do this without you. I wouldn't be here without you. But we're doing it, and we're here, thanks to you. Thank you so much. If you feel there's value in this program and you don't support it, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider it. See if the Lord would speak to your heart and kind of nudge you toward joining us and becoming a part of this ministry. We are reaching um, thousands of people, and it's an expanding amount of people. And um, interestingly enough, a lot of people, from what we can gather, and we, we don't get a good a, in kind of a conclusive report. Uh, Christian Radio generally, they do not subscribe to uh, you know the sources and the organizations that monitor um, numbers of listeners and so on. But we have ways of doing that, and and uh, we know a little bit about our audience, and it is a large audience. And some of you are hearing me say this as I say it, but not everybody agrees with us, but they're interested in what we're saying, even so they can object to it. I don't know, but they are interested. And so by being a part of this and by supporting it, you are supporting an outreach that is having results. We are touching people's lives and hearts and minds and helping them to better understand what they believe and why they believe it. And in some cases, to cause people to rethink what they believe in regards to a worldview. Because they are looking at things through a secular lens. And that lens is distorted. It isn't real. It isn't honest. It isn't good. A biblical worldview is the clear view of what's happening in the world. So if you want to be a part of that and you haven't been, I would ask you to pray about it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I want to go back this morning to something I was talking about a little bit on the program on Friday. I rarely go back to the previous day that we were on the air that we about what we've talked about. We just keep moving with the headlines. But this continues in the headlines over the weekend and again today. Country music superstar Jason Aldean. You may not care for country music. I mean, country music and Latino music are the two most popular genres of music in the world today. Now, there's several uh, surveys have come up with this just in the last couple of weeks. But nonetheless, you may not be a country music fan, but this isn't really about country music. This is about wokeism and how it's trying to eat away at the very roots and the very foundations of our country. But country music star Jason Aldean defied the cancel mob to perform Try That in a Small Town. That's a song that he wrote and put it out. It's been out since May, but they, the, the leftist extremists, I guess they just became aware of it or something, but they only recently and last week began to really take it on and to take him on. Well, anyway, he had a concert on Friday night and um, the leftists, as they continued to smear and censor his hit song, the inspired crowd, it was a sellout crowd, his I think always are, the crowd began to shout USA, 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 and they just went on and on and on with this. Last week, an Episcopal diocese of Florida was blocked from installing the reportedly popular this Reverend Charlie Holt. Now, I don't know Charlie Holt. I don't know anything about him except what I've read. But I guess everybody in Florida likes him in the Episcopal Church. They think he's a good guy. But they, the, 
the powers that be would not let him become a bishop. The reason for that is stunning to me. I'm not involved in the Episcopal Church, but the reason that they would not allow him to become bishop, and they, they killed his bishopship, uh, and, and he did not become, even though the, the people that voted wanted him as their bishop. They did not allow him to become bishop over concerns that he is not woke enough for the church. This reflects a classic kind of a tale of two cities, part of America demanding less wokeism, part demanding more, the best of times, the worst of times. It depends on who you ask, and it depends on what they believe in their hearts and what how they see the world as it unfolds around us. Most voters are pro, for example, most voters approve the Supreme Court's recent ruling that declared President Joe Biden's student loan debt cancellation unconstitutional. Joe Biden was just angling for votes. Everybody knew that. They looked at it. Rasmussen report came out with it over the weekend. They found that 63% of likely U.S. voters approve of the court's decision that struck down Biden's program to cancel billions of dollars to student loan debt, including 49% who strongly approve of the Supreme Court striking it down. On every front, there is conflict. It doesn't matter what it is or whom it is in our government today. There is conflict on every side. It truly is a reflection of the classic tale of two cities. It is the best of times. It is the worst of times. Author and social media influencer, Ollie London. You've probably never heard of him because he's a he's a girl now, quote unquote, not really, but he says he is. He's gone through gone through all these surgeries and so on. He was talking to Breitbart, a conservative news organization, exclusively. He was talking to them about what he how he really feels, and. Uh, he, uh, he says that uh, TikTok, uh, he said, uh, China has turned TikTok into the primary social media platform for radical gender ideology in a bid to weaken American minds. London, who underwent 32 surgeries to transition from a white male to a Korean female. Yeah, that's what I said. From a white male to a Korean female. He tells Breitbart News in this exclusive interview that TikTok manipulates the discussion surrounding gender ideology by enforcing harsh community guidelines, rules, and outright bans for anyone critical of the transgender movement. It's the same thing as the Jason Aldean song, except it's a totally different subject. Every part of life is challenged today by those that have have given themselves over to wokeism. That's where America is. It seems that we are helplessly lost in this whirlpool, this quagmire of sewer. Meanwhile, the videos that they show on TikTok promote radical gender ideology, he says, and they try to normalize the scars of gender reassignment. This is from a guy with who's had 32 surgeries 
to become, he's a white guy, and he wants to be a Korean girl. And so now he says he is after 32 surgeries. Is there something in your mind and heart that says, you know, that, that, that isn't right? Of course there is. And I think that's, there's a part of that in most of the hearts of people in America today. Not all. Some are completely given over to a reprobate mind. But for the most part, for the most part, most of us know somehow this guy, there, there's something, there's a part of me that feels so sorry for him. He needs help, but he doesn't need 32 surgeries to transition from a white male to a K- Korean female. I've known a lot of Koreans in my life, thousands of them. I spent a lot of time in Korea in missionary, in, in mission work, working with local pastors there and expanding the kingdom of God. It's a very Christian nation, South Korea. It has been over the years. But does he, I mean, has he? this guy missed something somewhere? Of course he has. He's been caught up in this web of deception. He said videos show and they promote this radical gender ideology trying to normalize the whole thing, the scars of reassignment of children. He said they receive, they on TikTok, they receive millions and sometimes billions of views about this normalization of transgenderism. But I would say that while TikTok is the showcase for trans ideology on social media, the mainstream media has become the gateway drug that convinces people struggling with their gender identity to embrace this transgender lifestyle. So we have several components in our culture working together to mislead, to deceive, and ultimately to destroy a generation of children. It's saddening to me. It's reflected in entertainment, the Jason Aldean story. I mentioned the matter on Friday on the program, as I said, being pulled from Country Music Channel on Friday because the far-left woke crowd was demanding it. It was breaking news on Friday morning. It continued over the weekend. Why was it pulled? Because the woke crowd said they rejected it. Pull it. So they pulled it. Aldine's new single, Try That in a Small Town, aggressively attacks recent riots and rising lawlessness in the United States. What's wrong with that? All the images of the music video were pulled from actual news stories published by news media. And they're saying, no, those those are unacceptable. Those images are unacceptable because they're attached to words they don't agree with in this song. I'm not supporting, I mean, I'm not trying to defend the song. The song has made millions already. They, they don't need my support. But I'm making a point. And the point is that... We have gotten to a point where there's no reality. They're living in this this secondary imagery somehow. And they can't see things clearly. They don't like the song. It's the news stories that they have promoted and that they have participated in, in some cases, that are in this video. And now they're saying those images are not acceptable when they were part of the process some of the riots and things that the the images are about, taken from the news. So there is no stability. There is nothing that is fixed in the world of the so-called progressive, the left. The song is confrontational. I looked at the the, um, 
lyrics on Friday, and I mentioned that on this program just in passing because it was just it was just happening at the time. But the lyrics are challenging. Those who like carjack an old lady at a red light, that's one of the lines in the song, or pull a gun on an owner of a liquor store or cuss out a cop. He said, I, I dare you to try that in a small town and see how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. Those are the lyrics. That's a, that's a, that's a value that many of us grew up with, not just Jason Aldean. He says he grew up in a town like that. Well, a lot of us grew up in that kind of an environment. Even some larger cities had that kind of an environment just a generation ago. Well, everybody on the left went after him. I suppose he's one of them. I don't know what his beliefs are. I don't know if he's a Christian or what. what. I I just know what his song is. I was obviously aware of him before this. But uh, <clears throat> he said in a later verse, Aldine, who was on stage when the, that worst gun massacre in the U.S. history took place at, at uh, Route 90, 91 Festival in Las Vegas back in October of 2017. I remember that well. We, I talked about it on this program. He, he, but one of the lines in the, in, in the song says, Got a gun from my grad, that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round it up. Well, that expletive might fly in the city, good luck. Otherwise, don't try it here. So, yeah, those are confronting words, and they they certainly run in direct opposition to the left. But he addressed all this on Twitter, the controversy over his song. He said, I've been accused of releasing a pro-lynching song, a song that has been out since May, and he said it was subject to the comparison that I direct quote, was not pleased with the nationwide BLM protests. He said these references are not only meritless, but dangerous. I don't know if he was for or against BLM. BLM was a disaster. Even the left should admit that. I mean, it was it was ugly. It was awful. These two women that started it said from the get-go they were Marxist. They said they were trained Marxist. They took in millions and millions of dollars, and some of it, I understand, is still sitting in the bank, like $60 million, and nobody knows what to do with it, and they're gone. They took off after they bought three or four houses. They're both they're lesbians. And, I mean, who's going to defend Black Lives Matter? Anyway, he asserted that he never brought race into the song, that he used real news footage. He said, no one, including me, wants to continue to see senseless headlines or families ripped apart. He said, try that in a small town for me refers to the feeling of community that I had growing up, where we took care of our neighbors regardless of differences of of background or belief or whatever. But according to the, it's a very leftist leaning, the Hollywood magazine Variety. I was reading that yesterday, looking just at various sources for this program today. Variety said the critics of the song were also incensed over Aldine filming it in front of a courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee, that is known to, for having been the site of a lynching of a black man in the 1920s. If we have gotten to the point where you can't go, a Christmas movie was made, it's my understanding, in my reading, a Christmas movie was made in using that building as a backdrop because it's classic, you know, southern, old-style kind of building. And um, 
I don't know if we can't let buildings be in videos or in pictures now that somewhere in the long distant past, something bad happened. Where is that going to take us? We know where that's going to take us. The point of the left is simply Jason Aldean is not woke, therefore he is not acceptable. That's the bottom line. Recent example of churches and wokeness was a blatant refusal by the Episcopal Church hierarchy to outright cancel a popular leader to become a bishop because these are their words. He wasn't woke enough. Can this end? Sometimes, you know, we take a step back and we say, where is this going to go and how is it going to end? Well, I don't have all the answers to it, but I have some. And I've been thinking about it. I believe that this whole woke movement, it's beyond reality. There's nothing about it that attaches itself to any kind, anything that's real. It's just words and actions and very, I mean, very destructive actions for the most part. But it's just, it's an illusion. I see this wokeism as a fire, and I see it burning itself out. I see it in decline. I know that is not what the news media is telling you, and that's not the the general truth that's out there now. But in my spirit, I see it in decline because it is a fire without any fuel. It does not exist in reality. These people are, are changing the word the the meaning of words as they speak on television and to the press, and the press is panting after them so they can cover this and and promote it and extend it into the culture. And normal people are looking at each other, just ordinary people like you and me. We're looking at each other and saying, what did I miss? What does this mean? What are these guys talking about? Abortion is women's health care. So killing a baby just before it can come out of the mother's womb is women's health care? I don't think so. It's abortion in the best case, and it's murder in the, in the worst case. And words after words after words have been changed. And so, no, that doesn't mean that. Gender affirming means mutilating little babies kids bodies because they have been confused because they've been indoctrinated in public school classrooms and by the media tiktok is not the only one it's probably the most powerful one but the networks in america they cast their stories and they catch the celebration of pride and all of this stuff to draw little kids in it's a fire that's burning it's destroying but it's without fuel it's without reality And I believe it'll burn itself out. I do. And I'll tell you why. Christian Headlines today says reports are coming in from all over the country. I'm not overstating this. That thousands of young teens are accepting Christ as their personal Savior. They're being baptized in water in obedience. Public affirmation that they have sold out to Jesus. Thousands of students this summer in summer camps alone have reportedly made uh, professions of faith. They've gotten baptized. They've accepted calls to ministry at these summer camps all over the country. Culture understands and calls them Gen Z. 
but we call the, we've been calling them the revival generation. Shane Pruitt, he's the national next-gen director with the North American Mission Board. He told CBN News that the other day. Despite a recent Pew Research study that found Gen Z is losing their religion, there's been a spiritual awakening among that very generation in recent years, and Gen Z includes people born from 1997 to 2012, and they are the ones that are stepping forward and rejecting all this, and they're looking for reality, and they're accepting Jesus Christ by the thousands. That's not being reported. You won't hear that on your news. That's banned. That's separation of church and state, or whatever. This Clayton King, he's a pastor and founder of Crossroads. He also pointed out that there has been more than a thousand professions of faith so far this summer in the camps he's been involved with. He said we've had over 1,100 first-time salvations this far so far this summer. He said it's a miracle. He said it's definitely a spiritual awakening. Pruitt noted that there's been a move of the spirit among the younger generation despite the increased reports of anxiety, depression, and suicide. The pandemic didn't create new problems for Gen Z, but I think it poured gas on some of the problems that were already there. He said, you have a whole generation who has come to the end of themselves at a much earlier age. He said, they're looking for hope. They're looking for answers. This whole targeting of these small children with this demonic transgenderism is has turned and it's caused these kids to begin to look for real answers because they know that that's not real. In their hearts, they know that. God created us to have an idea about God. There's a thread in all of us that somehow knows there is a God somewhere. We may not know him or know about him. And that's happening in these kids, these guys that are running these summer camps. In fact, my oldest grandson, Marjorie and I were talking to him last night. He called us. He's a youth pastor in California. He's been in some of these very uh, camps. He just came home from one yesterday. He was telling us about it. He's been in several of them this summer, I think four or five. And uh, he said, it's unbelievable. These kids in this age group are getting saved, and they're, it's for real. He said they're accepting Christ by the thousands across the country. You don't hear about this, but that is the response. This whole woke thing has pushed people too far. And people are saying, no, wait a minute, just a minute. We're not going to go there. And these kids are saying, you're not going to talk me into mutilating my body. I know that's not right, and I know I'm a boy, I'm not a girl, and I know I'm a girl, not a boy, or whatever. And I need something real. And that's where Jesus Christ is presented to them, and they are accepting him as their Lord and Savior by the thousands. Oh, I'll tell you, I'd love to be a youth pastor again. Probably nobody would hire me, but I'd like to be. Pruitt said, he said, when these kids come and are looking for realities, he said, that's when we slide in with the gospel. We say the hope you're looking for, the truth you're looking for, actually has a name. Excuse me, I get pretty emotional about this. He said, the truth you're looking for actually has a name. His name is Jesus. This is a new generation of students. A lot of these kids that are coming to camp haven't even heard of the gospel, these guys are saying. They've only heard it once or twice, maybe. They don't even know what it's about. They don't even know what the gospel means. 
They've heard the name of Jesus. I wrote an article on this. There's more information. In fact, there's a revival in America's prisons as well. Men and women are accepting Christ in prison. Well, I'm out of time. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.